In today's podcast, I'm going to be taking you around a commercial building that we're looking at today to discover whether this can be transformed into an HMO or maybe some other form of accommodation. Will the maths work? Will it stack up as a deal? Maybe we'll decide that actually it's better to keep it as offices, which is what it currently is. Or should we make the lower part into residential accommodation and transform it from the current shop? All these questions yet to be decided. Come along with us now as we do our commercial conversion tour. Welcome to the HMO Success Podcast. My name's Wendy, and this podcast will help you invest in houses of multiple occupation. We're just walking up to the site now, and uh, um, I've got uh, my partner Andy with me as well. So together we're going to be assessing this particular building, which is on four stories. So it's uh, it's quite a big building. Uh, is it down here? We'll find. <laughs> we'll find it. It's right in the centre of the city, so uh, it's not an area that we um, know terribly well. But it's a, it's um, over. 4,000 square feet building, so it's a nice size, and we're going to be thinking about, you know, the assessment of this in terms of uh, what it could be. And of course, this is one of the creative and interesting parts of developing uh, buildings which are not currently residential, is the idea that it could be a lot of different things. And so part of your your skill as an investor is being able to look at a building and take it and say what are the opportunities here what are the possibilities what's going to get us the best return what's going to create the best overall product at the end Uh, and that's what we've got to assess today okay so we're back in the office um, after my rather breathless exertions up that hill to that large commercial property that we saw. And um, since we've done the viewing, we've come back to the office to sit down and do the number crunching. So um, Andy's here with me. Hi, Andy. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> and we thought we would kind of talk this out together, really, didn't we? To to give you the opportunity to listen to what our discussions are when we're looking at these kind of conversions. Um, and then at the end, we'll share with you what our decision was about whether we're going to go ahead or not with this particular building. Uh-huh. So it was it was good that when we got to the viewing we met the uh, surveyor who was part of the commercial team that was selling the building and that's not always the case is it very rarely actually sometimes i just send out an estate agent or representative who know nothing yes quite so on this occasion it was actually really good to speak to the the guy and uh, get a bit more insight from him about the building what it'd been used for and um, the opportunities uh, for usage so that he, was... he was a knowledgeable guy and we discussed with him different possibilities really I guess the two main ones which are continue on using as commercial or conversion to resi yeah absolutely so I think that's really the first point is that um, being property investors we don't just invest in residential property Um, that's how we started but we've moved into commercial and we have some commercial property in our portfolio now uh, which is gives us a little bit of a hedge I suppose against some of the ups and downs of the residential side and the residential helps against the commercial 
Now, currently, of course, the commercial market is going through somewhat of a turmoil because of COVID. We are waiting to hear um, what's going to be happening with the commercial market over the next few months, or I should say, see what's going to be happening as the high street comes back and whether we will, in fact, have this bounce back that people are predicting. So that will bring new life into the commercial market. So I think high streets, shops, retail, we, we need that to come back. But of course, it might not. It might have changed out of all proportion because of COVID. Now, that will, of course, give some opportunities um, to the future. But before we get into the opportunities, I think it's just worth remarking that commercial has its ups and downs. Residential has its ups and downs. And it's about trying to pick the winner. And that's, of course, a very difficult prediction to make beforehand, isn't it? Yes, I think that's true. And you can never be really sure. You have to play on the percentages. What's the likely thing to happen? We listen a lot to a fellow called George Gammon, who does a YouTube show, and he talks about his favourite book, which is Beat the Dealer. And in there, I've not read the book, actually, I mean to, one of the things that's outlined about business is making making decisions based on what's likely to happen because you can never be sure. And if you play enough of those likely to happen chances, you're likely to get a good outcome at the end. So with this particular building, it was on, uh, in fact, it was on four stories, wasn't it? Because there was a base, a basement as well as um, the three levels. The, the ground floor was already rented out to uh, as a commercial unit. Um, it was a building company that were using it. So there would be some rental income coming in from the ground floor unit, which was very useful. And then upstairs, in fact, I think, were there... I think there were three stories there upstairs. Three so levels. totally had five, had five stories, uh, didn't it? So ground floor, lower ground lower floor, lower ground floor, and then, and then three, three above. Yeah, that's five in total. So five yeah. in total. Yeah. Um, it it was a bit of a, a kind of rats warren, wasn't it? Well, it was also <laughs> hard to, hard to deal with because the street sloped away at the back part of the building, which meant you, I was always thinking, oh, is there a possibility of using the lower the lower ground floor, converting that to resi, doing something a bit creative with that. But after investigations, there was no access to light down there. So no, you can't do that. And so, and and, the, and in fact, the access, the current access to the lower ground, to the basement, let's say, was via the shop area, which is rented out, but they weren't doing much with the, with the lower ground, with the, with the basement area. So you felt, well, that was wasted, but then they weren't really paying rent that really covered usage of the basement, if you ask me. There was loads of space down there. So there seemed like an opportunity, but at the same time, is it an opportunity because of the access? There was no good access to that basement, unfortunately. No, I think you would have had to get rid of the tenants in the in the ground floor to be able to then utilise the lower ground floor in some more meaningful but, way. But even then, you know... you. It, it was a it was a warren, wasn't it? It, was, it had not been configured really very no, easily at no. all. But it was huge. It was absolutely. It was great huge. for storage. Mm. I think that's the only thing you could say useful for storage. So the three upper floors, um, each of them was configured uh, fairly similar in in a similar way to the previous one. It was it there was sort of like a little bit of a template. Um, the first floor there were two very very big rooms and then a couple of secondary rooms and I think there was a little kitchen and a toilet. Third floor was the same. 
Yeah. And then the fourth floor, which is kind of the fifth floor if you count the base basement, was more of an attic type room that had been used as a flat, hadn't it? And it had been used by somebody who had lived there. Um, it was it was like a sort of loft conversion type apartment. It had. It had been exactly that. But again, puzzling, because whoever lived up there obviously was not like keen on privacy because there was no front door. The, the, the stairs went straight up into what you would call the living quarters. Mm. It was really rather strange. So when we looked at this, we were, in our minds, had an open mindset, thought, OK, what could this be used as? First of all, when, when analysing it in terms of keeping it as a commercial building, you're looking at things like uh, safety, you're looking at things like access, you're looking at things like uh, te- technological improvements that you might need to make, like flood wiring or what kind of uh, broadband access it has. Um, you're looking at things like heating as well, because a potential tenant is going to have to pay, obviously, pay all their bills and they want a, a building where there's good double glazing, good insulation, so that their, their bills on top of their rent are not going to be too high now unfortunately with this particular building because it is a very traditional and in fact beautiful building um, in the center of stoke-on-trent the windows in fact in many ways we kind of thought it should have been listed because the windows were huge panes of glass single panes and it would have been incredibly costly to replace them with double glazed panels wouldn't it yeah yeah, it would. And which precluded then that then you're starting to think, okay, if if conversion to resi is on the cards, yes, now comes quite a lot of cost yes. to deal with that. So you could have kept it as as um, business. It could have been a business uh, opportunity. And we asked the surveyor what the rates were, the going rates were uh, per square foot for business rates, uh, you know, business rent, and uh, they weren't too bad. However, we felt that on the basis of the actual usable floor area area and um, the current lease that was on the ground floor the return that we would get on the basis of keeping it commercial wasn't particularly attractive so we kind of closed that door in our minds well that's also uh, that's true and also I hadn't rented out for the last year it had been fallow for quite a lot of time and in a way I'm not surprised because the access wasn't that great no parking now was it there was no yeah there was literally no parking double yellow line situations all around it and I had, I did have some concerns about DDA because there was no, no lift in there. Correct, all and stairs. You, and you start to think, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure of the law in that area. You know, if you've got a very traditional building like this was, does the law say you must put a lift in or whatever? But my understanding is you, you, the law would say you've got to make a reasonable adjustment. And does that mean putting some quite expensive stair lifts in or whatever? You could just see... Problems like that Mm. coming over the hill. Now, we haven't done a lot of big uh, conversions like this, so we we can't claim to be experts. Well, it wouldn't have been that big. I think that's the problem, is it wasn't square foot wise it wasn't enough that you could say right let's put a lift in and bury the cost or put a stair lift in and bury the cost because how many was it about 400 square meters 350 square meters so which is a good size but it's not huge and it's the kind of size where 50,000 quid on a lift is really going to make a big difference to whether you come out of it with your shirt or not really so 
However, one of the things I would say is we've done lots and lots and lots of HMO conversions. Right. And um, that experience, of course, is very, very transferable when it comes to these commercial conversions. Yeah. You're used to analysing the cost of a refurb. You're, lo- you're used to looking at the square footage or the square meterage in terms of doing your calculations. Um, you're, look- you're used to looking at um, the-, the actual... Uh, sort of outturn of what the building can be at the end Um, you're used to thinking in terms of usability space and access and amenity space and communal space all of these things go into your thinking now of course with commercial you also have some of the added benefits for example of uh, um, using capital allowances and there are certain techniques that you can uh, employ which will make a, a commercial conversion much more tax efficient so those are things that we also look into in fact we've got a, we've got a, um, a, a a specialist that we speak to whenever we're looking to do this kind of a building um, because he will he will advise us on the, the potential capital allowances that we can get out that's for another podcast um, but let's just go back to this particular building so we, we kind of closed the door on commercial we didn't really feel that the, there was it was a strong enough position we didn't feel that the um, the strength of the the yield uh, in that particular part of Stoke was going to be good enough for the price that was being asked of this particular building. So we then came to looking at it as a potential residential uh, um, conversion. What were what what your thoughts about that, Andy? Turning it into residential. Well, we've already spoken about the windows. We acknowledge that the windows are going to be expensive to deal with, and also the layout was difficult as well because the lion's share of the floor space on each floor was on the right as you came up the stairs and then there was further space on the left but it would have meant uneven flats or uneven hmo rooms and trying to sprinkle them into those areas whilst maintaining a kitchen or bathroom setup immediately it was going to be difficult because the stairs were open and getting enough shared access but enough privacy you could see that the drawings were going to be very difficult. And that was the first the first floor and the second floor. I, I wouldn't have said impossible. I think it was first and floor, first and second floor were possible. You could do, I would have said HMO rooms would have been the most logical, really, uh, in terms of the right density to get the right return. And, and in that area as well. And, and plus, given that there's no parking, you're looking for the right tenant set that's probably least likely to have a car, which is probably HMO tenants. So I think that would have fitted quite well. But it became very difficult to deal with the top floor of the office, which, as I say, was this kind of open, already, already residential area, but with no locking mechanism on it. And again, split into left and right suites, but with no obvious way of really making it a full private area and on top of that the access leading up to that floor was very tight if you remember the stairs were really not easy and you said and i even forgotten about this how are you going to get furniture up here yes how are you getting furniture up on there's no lift so people dragging chairs and beds beds and all that i just at that point, I think I just began to close my mind down. I mean, frankly, even... I don't know what an office would do with that floor, but even getting office furniture up to that top level was not going to be an easy task. It's doable. With some real strong guys, it's doable. But 
I, I, it was a red flag for me. I'm afraid you, you, I couldn't see past it, and therefore we were left with. And, and oh, then then you start to think, oh, perhaps you can do the middle two floors as resi and the top floor as commercial. But same problems again. How do you ensure privacy on the top floor? How do you ensure disabled access? Disabled access, if that's going to be what's required. There were just so many of these road cones coming up. I just couldn't particularly see through it. Not at the price that was being asked by the estate agent. Yes. And I think that was roughly where we got to in our thinking. So we, as you can hear from our discussion, we came to the conclusion that although it was a lovely big building, it had some challenges. The fact that it wasn't very symmetrical around the staircase. Now, staircases are very, very expensive to change, as are putting in lifts and so on. So, you know, I would always recommend that somebody works with the current staircase. So where the staircase is and the pitch of the staircase and the width of the staircase almost is a critical part of your analysis. And uh, we could see really as soon as we went into this building that this was going to be troublesome. Um, Alongside that, there were issues with the windows and also the ceiling height. It was was an old traditional building, had beautiful high ceilings, but unfortunately that, of course, is a big cost when it comes to doing refurbishments and, of course, when it comes to even heating a building. So you might have gathered by now from our analysis, our looking at the the size, our looking at the numbers, looking at the, the, the building... Um, you might have already come to a conclusion about whether we were going to take it on or whether we were going to reject it. I wonder what you think we did. Well, I might surprise you in telling you that we actually put in an offer. We did. I can't remember the exact nature of the offer right now. It was low. Because what we have realised is that if you spend your time doing viewings on properties like this, and you will have to spend your time doing viewings where you feel that you have maybe wasted half a day and you haven't had a lot of information beforehand, you get scant details from the estate agent, and this is a commercial estate agent, you speak to the surveyor who gives you beneficial information, but it's not always everything that you need to make that final call on the building. And you've spent time doing your analysis and working out what it would cost you. So your time has been invested for a number of hours doing an analysis. Why waste that by not putting in an offer? Right. And that was part of our philosophy that we learned from a fellow investor a few years ago that when you do any viewing you always put in an offer no matter how low no matter how ridiculous it might seem because you just never know what position the vendor is in and that property had been up for sale for over a year not only been available to rent for over a year so we were not sure what position the vendor was in and whether he might just say yes and of course, if you buy property at the right price, then all the rest of it becomes doable. So we did put in an offer. I think we offered half the asking price. Or well, maybe a bit more, perhaps 60%. It was, it was around about that area, I think. Because at that point, you could say, OK, well, I would ditch the top floor. I probably wouldn't do anything with that at all. <clears throat> and the middle floors we could cope with. Maybe we could put a lift in, whatever. And you, you, as you've just said, at the right price... It's doable. Everything becomes possible. And but we at still the wrong the... price, it becomes a nightmare. And we still had the rental from the from the shop unit Correct. as well that would Correct. have would have paid for the for the finance. The result was the offer was declined. But we have had those kind of offers bitten on 
before whereby you put a low offer in and then they go well that's not quite good enough but how about upping it another five grand ten grand you go Ooh, all right then well now we're, now we're into a negotiation and all, all the good things start to happen so it's, it really is worth it it didn't happen in this on this occasion no somebody else i think paid much more than we were willing to pay and good luck to them i really hope it comes good for them in that building i, I mean i could list on the other problems that i saw <laughs> there. they might be lucky they might have the luck of the irish Absolutely. there you just never know quite anyway that was our, our story of our recent commercial viewing we will keep you up to date with other developments in best nest and uh, look forward to speaking to you very, very soon. If you're interested in undertaking commercial to residential conversions, uh, please know that at HMO Success, we have our own commercial team um, working with us on the mentoring program. We have a special diamond mentoring program that includes commercial conversions. So if you thought we just did HMOs, no, 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 we do much more than that. Do please get in touch if you want to know any more. And thank you ever so much, as always, for listening to the HMO Success podcast. Thank you for listening to the HMO Success Podcast. If you'd like to know more about how you can create a profitable HMO business, please visit our website, hmosuccess.co.uk, to find out more. We have plenty of free tools and information for you there, and also on our Facebook group, The Ultimate HMO Success System. We look forward to connecting with you very soon. Thanks for listening.